All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Bullion Show. I have to give it up to Jim Cramer. Yep, have to. Because as much as I raise an eyebrow to a show sometimes here and there, I think he called it like it is. Um, what is the it I'm referring to, you ask? Well, find out shortly. But first, if you're new to this channel, please hit that big red subscribe button right down below. Also, please hit the like button. It helps to get this economic evangelism right on out there to the masses, bringing more people into precious metals. So, one of the greatest wealth transfers in history. Stocks have rebounded because the pandemic is sparing big companies, Jim Cramer says. An important point that Cramer brings up is that this is the first recession that hasn't negatively impacted big businesses. And more specifically, it has benefited the businesses that are currently driving the indexes. So who are these big companies exactly? Well, you definitely know who they are. Fang companies, especially Amazon and Netflix. But take a look at this chart here. It shows data on performance between FANG companies versus the S&P 500 versus the Russell 2000, which if you guys don't know much about the Russell 2000, people tend to look at it as a barometer for the health of American companies. So check out this performance. Um, this graph is called FANG You Very Much. Tech stocks as a group have outperformed the broader market this year. And as you can see, in the very beginning of this year, they were very somewhat kind of tied together. Obviously, FANG stocks were a little bit above everybody else. Um, but as time went on, just uh, even in January, they started to outpace. And you guys might remember that was you know towards uh, towards the end of January and in February, we start to see like, you know, things going over to the top in the, uh, in the Dow and the equities. Um, and so as you keep moving on and on and on, uh, you start to see some downward momentum, but still the FANG companies are above everybody else. And take a look, S&P 500 and the Russell 2000 are pretty tightly, you know, pretty close to one another, you know, and uh, the FANG companies, you know, they're starting to contract around that mid-March area. Everybody's contracting around that mid-March area, but take a look at, at this rebound here. Now we're starting to see some divergence. So as you can see here, FANG companies, you know, they haven't really suffered too greatly during this time. I mean, if you take a look at the lowest point that they were at, they're at negative 17.4% in, um, in this graph, and it started at 0%. Whereas um, S&P 500, Russell 2000 started at zero, and the lowest point they got to was negative 30%, negative 30.7%, negative 39.9%. Um, so, you know, way lower. And it just goes to show, um, you know, uh, that, you know, the FANG companies are pretty much you know, eating up this time. Now, before 
equity investors pop their champagne bottles, I would urge them to be a little bit more cognizant of data that could catch the Dow off guard. If we begin to see um, certain data blowing up again, you know, we may have a problem. And you may be asking, well, what could that data possibly be uh, that could possibly blow up? This. Mortgage-backed securities held by U.S. commercial banks surpasses $2 trillion. Cause for concern? Now, mind you, this article that I'm reading is from Forbes, and it was written on December 9th, 2019. So this was at the height and when everything was very positive within, um, within the market. So I'm going to scroll all the way down um, to a part to the conclusion of this article and read the conclusion. It reads, mortgage-backed securities in the United States have marginally increased after the crisis. Bullet point one, total mortgage-backed securities issued in the United States have gone up since the financial crisis due to nominal growth in the housing market. Bullet point number two, however, stricter regulations and keen oversight by the government has kept the growth of mortgage-backed securities in check with the market growing by less than 5% in the last decade. Uh, bullet point number three, with the housing market remaining robust in the United States, we expect mortgage-backed securities to steadily increase in the coming years. Now, obviously they weren't, this was written in December 9th, 2019. There's no way they could have expected what we are currently living through right now, which is the housing market is poised for um, you know for some hard times um, you know and many many felt that you know uh, you know when um, when mortgage-backed securities were written um, or when this article was written in December you know there's no way they could have um, anticipated what we we're living through right now now check this out now this comes from Vanity Fair. Now I know it comes from Vanity Fair. Don't don't crucify me here. Uh, but take a look at this headline. Houston, we may have a problem. The headline reads: Higher than we ever saw in the 2008 crisis. Why the coming <clears throat> issue mortgage crisis may be worse than the last one. So check out this quote. I'm going to scroll all the way down and read this to you guys. It's a little bit long, but um, it's very important. And it reads, he thinks, he's talking about an analyst, it could be actually worse than 2008. We're going to see vastly higher spikes of unemployment and vast alterations in human behavior going forward, he says. There is reason to believe that 30% of the restaurants in New York might not reopen. We didn't have that issue 11 years ago. What he described as a liquidity-driven problem in 2008 is now a solvency-driven problem. There are about $4.6 trillion in commercial mortgages in the United States, half of which are housed on the balance sheet of big banks, he said. About 10% of commercial mortgages are packaged up into securities, while the rest are on the balance sheets 
of insurance companies and non-bank financial institutions. According to the Wall Street Banker, in the last two weeks of March, in anticipation of not receiving a rent check on April 1st, about 2,600 commercial-backed secu- uh, commercial mortgage-backed security borrowers contacted banks looking for relief or forbearance of nearly $500 billion, or 12% of the $4.6 trillion. Half were hotels, 30% were retailers. That was just in March, he says. This thing is not staying at 12% default, which was higher than we ever saw in the 2008 crisis on commercial mortgage-backed securities. This is going to spike. Some of the big Wall Street banks are in worse shape than others. Wells Fargo has around $125 billion of real estate mortgages on its balance sheet. Bank of America has $85 billion. JP Morgan Chase has $65 billion of these mortgages on its balance sheet. He's worried, and that's making me nervous. He foresees a giant domino effect down the obligation chain. People stop paying rent, people stop paying utility bills, people stop paying property taxes, huge pressure gets put on municipalities that are already uh, that already feel the economic strain of fighting the health crisis. Landlords then stop paying their mortgage interest and principals. The lenders, banks, and probably non-banks, which are more leveraged and thus more precarious, start seeing delinquencies and defaults on their assets, he continues. It's different from a liquidity thing. That's a credit impairment. It just ripples through the entire financial economy, even though it's starting in the real economy, which is what's so scary. Then it becomes a vicious cycle because the more the financial economy gets impaired, the more asset values fall. So the key here is that this mortgage contagion will likely begin within the real economy. You know, that economy that uh, provides the majority of American jobs. You know, that economy that, you know, uh, doesn't influence the growth of the Dow yet. But when unemployment benefits run out in July, when PPP obligations to keep employees on until September 30th run out, I can guarantee you that we will start to see worsening mortgage crises in this country, in the United States. It will then spread to big businesses within the financial sector and all hell will begin to break loose. But on that, you know, pretty sad note, (laughs) you know, what do you guys think? Let me know in the comment section below about do you think that the real economy right now isn't influencing the Dow, but could this ripple effect then impact the Dow and all those big businesses who are benefiting from this time? Let me know in the comment section below.
Thanks again for watching. Really appreciate your views. Uh, please hit that subscribe button. Please hit the like button. Have a good one. It's Black Blaine.